What does a test day look like? This is the Outside Gate with Steve Hall on the L4 Media Network. Talking US moto and anywhere the conversation goes. Today we're catching up with Michael Allen from Kiefer Testing. How are you, dude? Good. How are you? Good, man. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Um, dude, so what were you doing today? Were you testing today or doing something else? No, I actually, so I have a nine to five. Um, yeah, it's my normal job. Uh, I'm a welder fabricator, um, work in the off-road industry um, for off-road trucks. I build off-road truck suspension parts um, and chassis parts. So that's my nine to five, actually seven to five thirty. But uh, we work four tens, which actually helps me a lot with testing. So I can have work during the week, and then if Kiefer needs me for a Friday test or whatever, Saturday, that that's fine. And then they're really cool with me taking off time to, to do whatever I need. I've been the company for 19 years. So, yeah, they let, they let I can do not whatever I want, but they're really, really reasonable. Yeah, cool, man. Cool. That's a go. Because that, that was my next question was, yeah, if you had a if, – if, if working for Kiefer was full-time or if you had something else. So, yeah. So welder and fabricator, man, yeah, that's um, mm-hmm. that's cool. The um, something I, I like to do a bit of that as a hobby. So um, oh yeah, perfect. Yeah, it's one thing. I, one thing I always uh, I can never grow this damn beard any longer because of doing that too. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, I've been there. I burnt my hair and my beard off before. <laughs> I so I know a few welders, man, that have got these really good long beards, and I don't know mm-hmm. how the fuck they keep it. I don't know what. No, especially do. you know, especially if they're welding overhead, it's just like it's gonna fall yeah. down and just be a mess. And even when you're not that great of a welder like me and you've got to use the grinder a bit, that's even worse. Oh, it's way worse. Yeah, absolutely. You smell the beard singeing and you're like, oh, oh, yeah. Man, um, I'm a handyman for my my day job. I have a handyman business, so handyman construction business. and Mm -hmm. I do a lot of painting. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, painting's bad for trying to grow a beard as well. Oh, man, I bet. You, every, <laughs> all, yeah, you always dig your paint speckled. out, of, <laughs> pulling chunks of hair out and chunks of paint. And at the end of the day, you know, when you're, you're hooking in, getting paint jobs done quick and that's. Oh, thing, I bet. So. That's, a, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, today was just regular work. Uh, testing's always different. Like uh, it's usually for me, it's on my own time. Like when it was Dirt Rider, when I was with, met Chris there, it was like, if it was like a, a shootout day, it would be like, okay, block this day or these two days for these different tracks. And it would be all day, all day, all day. Um, with the keeper thing, it's more like we do that still, but it's more like if he has a bike, he wants me to test, he'll give me the bike and I'll kind of test it on my own time. And it's much more, much more freelance, like, um, than official testing in, unless we're going to go somewhere to test things. Like we've been, uh, we've done, a thing with Michelin before with Randy Richardson and done some testing on uh, some tire carcasses and different stuff like that. And that was like three consecutive days of different tracks and long, long days. And that was where I think it was when I did that test, it had to have been like 2000, I don't know, 17, 18. And that was when I realized like testing is cool, but it's a lot of work. Yeah. Like uh, it's long, long days. Like, especially what Chris does, like it was like the, halfway through the second day and it was in the middle of summer and it was like 105 degrees and we're like comp edge. And I'm like, dude, I don't want to ride any more laps. <laughs> like I'm done. Like I don't. And he's like, yeah, too bad, dude. You keep riding. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, I get it. I'll do it. But it is a lot of work. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine, I imagine it is, man. Yeah. It, 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 does it, does it ever, does that ever take the fun out of riding the next time? Like when you, when you sort of finish a day and, you, and you're fucking worn out from testing, does it take a little bit of fun out for, for fun riding the next I, time? 
it hasn't really for me because I enjoy playwriting, fun writing. Um, I think it would for Chris. I, I, I can only imagine. I mean, there are days definitely where he's like, I don't want to ride. Like, he loves riding his dirt bike too. And he can't go more than like three days without riding because then he gets all snippy. So <laughs> it, it, I'm sure it takes some of the fun out of it, but like he truly, like I love dirt bikes, but he truly loves dirt bikes. Like, yeah, that, that guy lives, eats, breathes, as DV would say, fucks motocross. Like he loves <laughs> motocross. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can certainly see that. You know, I'm obviously a fan of him and I listen to, mm -hmm. but it's funny, man, you know, um, one of the reasons that interest why I'm so interested in testing, um, it, it's a little odd because I'm like the the I'm like the opposite. I'm like the anti-tester, you know. Like I'm, <laughs> I am, Chris would would be fucking disgusted at, at you know, <laughs> the length of time I use parts and all that sort of thing. That's just a, that's right. just sort of how how I've grown up and just yeah. having to make stuff last and all that sort of thing. Oh, like, definitely. You know, I'll, I was I'll raised use stuff forever. I'll, I'll, Oh I've, yeah, I've had bikes with bent bars that I just rode and bent, you know, mm -hmm. and all sorts. I've of been stuff, there. But... Yeah, that's. I mean, that's how I was kind of raised on shoestring, shoestring budget, and it was like, you your tire wears out, flip it around backwards the other way and yeah. keep riding. Like, and that's the way I was kind of raised. So, like, I always joke that like I've been spoiled since I I met Chris and Dirt Rider and all that stuff. Like, I get into it in a minute, but how I kind of got into the whole thing, but yeah. uh, it's I'm a hundred percent spoiled now to where like. I knock on wood. I mean, luckily I haven't had to own my own motorcycle for probably five years now. I, yeah. I kind of just cycle through bikes with Chris and I'm super blessed and happy and, and lucky and super thankful to have be in that position, but it's definitely like a spoiled position from where I was. I used to just ride ratty bikes and not really care and just ride whatever. But now like Chris will be like, no, you got to pay attention to this part and give me feedback on that part. Mm -hmm. So like, it's definitely made me a lot, a lot more in tune with uh, with motorcycles. Cool, man. When did when did the bug bite um, yeah, that made you just love dirt bikes? Uh, I started when I was like four, just just riding trail riding with my family, and I just trail rode five six times a year with my family until until I moved out at like eighteen, and then moved down to Corona. Uh, which is, you know, pro circuit here, everything here. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I met a buddy and I had never raced a motorcycle, never done anything. And that's when I really, really got bit because I rode a lot and like, not in a braggadocious way, but like I was a good rider, could ride off road well, but yeah. I never raced or knew anything about it. So I moved down here, my roommate's buddy raced uh, Grand Prix and he's like, hey, um, I've ridden with you a good bit. Like you're a good rider. You should try to race. And I'm like, what is this racing thing? Like, oh, sure, mm. let's do it. And then I did like one Grand Prix, a local uh, AMA race, and like just fell in love and went like head over heels for racing. So it was like from 20, like 2008, 2009, like full time, not full time. I mean, I worked, but like every other weekend was trying to find a race until like 2013, 14. And it was like, I just fell in love with it and was like, I need to race more. This is so fun. And like, it made me a much better rider. But like, yeah, that's when I really got bit was probably 2008 or nine nice nice yeah that's cool yeah i think um that's probably the case you know a lot of people you know just trail riding and mm -hmm. you know doing stuff as we would say out in the bush with dad and that sort of thing yeah 100 and and a lot of the time you know like as I, I i was that but like not so much with my dad i was lucky enough to have some family friends in that 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 took me out because dad wasn't oh, into, nice. wasn't into bikes but right um but yeah I, I always sort of thought of racing as as almost a separate thing that 
really I, I thought you had to be like unbelievably good to even yeah. have a go at racing i didn't even think it was a possibility you know exactly i was yeah. the same way i didn't know there were like different skill level classes and age groups yeah. and i was like yeah i'm not fast enough to race but yeah once i found out like there are all these different levels i'm like oh yeah okay this is, this is something new i could try yeah a lot of people don't yeah a lot of kids that they don't realize you know unless they've had someone you know close to the sport you know that like if if you can change gears and, and you know if you once you learn to change gears you can have a go at a, at a mini bike race basically oh totally <laughs> like yeah really i mean i have yeah i have a four i have a four-year-old and mm. probably just before he turned four this last year we i had entered him at a race at glen helen mm. and he had this little pw oh no not even pw it was on an electric bike a little stasic yeah, yeah. and I'm like I, I walk up to the gate and like i look over and it's like glen helen and i'm like Great. My kids lined up next to Blake Baggett's kid. So <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And Blake Baggett's kid smoked my kid. Like it's just fun to it's fun to do and fun to watch yeah. though. Like so fun to watch him grow and learn and and he loves it. He, we ride he has a little one of those uh, like Kiefer talks about an Osset Trails a trials bike. And yeah. he we did the math on it the other day and he's ridden he's four. He's ridden over a thousand miles. Mm, uh, nice. just just every night we go somewhere like whether it's a couple miles here a couple miles there like we're always going somewhere so like yeah mm. getting in from that little age i feel like this next generation is going to be so good yeah because they start so young yeah man and that, that like right from right from strider bikes um, oh yeah that's that was really a big thing when just strider bikes the, the little little pushies come out man that kids just they just got it so much quicker that was such a good idea and then obviously to oh the yeah to the stasics and and all that sort of thing and yeah i know chris has talked a lot about aiden starting on that little mm -hmm. offset yep rolls bike yeah it, it's yeah. been incredible to to see him watch him grow watch him grow and learn and i mean when he first got it he I don't know, so far he's ran into a fire hydrant a parked car and a light pole but I, he's still fine so i mean he's learning that's something yeah, that's the why <laughs> yeah that's why so yeah man tell us about how you got in, into testing so you touched on that you were at dirt yeah. Oh, yeah so actually it goes back even farther so yep. i used to ride bmx a lot when i was a kid um god uh i'm trying to think about what year that would have been i rode bmx from like 96 97 through like 2005 and um like have you ever played the tony hawk pro skater uh, no, I have it, man. I'm not a big so gamer, if, but yeah. If somebody, if somebody listening, uh, Skate Street was like a skate park on there, and that was my hometown. It was like a big skate park, and uh, I just grew up riding BMX a lot. And after I was done with BMX because I got into girls, and I think that's the story for a lot of people, uh, I kind of went my separate ways and went off and moved down here and rode dirt bikes. And I was an avid reader of Dirt Bike Magazine at the time, and. I started reading dirt bike magazine and i started noticing a name in there in the associate editors and the guy's name was adam booth and adam booth was a guy from bmx plus magazine that i remembered from when i was a kid and they i kept seeing something like wally palmer enduro cross guy ruined a frame and they needed it fixed so i randomly like i didn't say hey i remember you i just literally sent in an email and was like hey i'm a welder fabricator you have a broken frame let like i'll fix it for you for free for no charge just you know to to get in i guess and he reached back out and he's like hey i remember your name are you the same michael allen and i'm like yeah i'm the same guy he's like well why didn't you say so and i'm like well i, I don't want to be that guy that's like look at me so 
he's like, yeah, if you can fix it, that'd be great. So in like 2000, uh, end of 09, maybe early 2010, I met up with him and he gave me this bike and like the bottom frame rails, the tubes were just smashed, like pinched completely shut. And I'm like, well, yeah, I can fix it. So like I ended up just like plating over them and putting a, a, a skin, some tubing onto it. And then that kind of opened the door for me with Adam Booth at Dirt Bike Magazine. And every now and again, he'd call me to do a test here or a test there. And then he ended up going to Dirt Rider Magazine. And so I went with him there. And that's where I met Chris and our other friend, Chris Dennison, who was the editor at the time. Uh, Chris Dennison's both Chris's are great, great dudes. Um, and then I guess I would say Adam and the Chris's had a bit of a falling out and I opted to stay at Dirt Rider. Adam went to another publication um, and I opted to stay with Chris and Chris and they kind of took me under their wing. And from then on, it's kind of been whatever they needed me to do. It's kind of like one of those situations this is the way I explain getting into testing and really getting into anything you really want to do. You have to be willing to do anything at any time for no money. Like you're not, if someone, especially when you're getting into riding, or getting into testing, like you're not getting paid to test dirt bikes at, be at the beginning. You're you're just gonna go along for the ride and whatever they ask you to do, do it. Change tires, like whatever. So that's how I got into it and kind of worked my way up helping them test bikes. And then they'd invite me to like a shootout for all the 450s or all the 250s and then work my way up and up. And then I started getting bikes and parts. And then eventually I remember like 2012 or something, Chris Dennison called me and he's like, Hey man, you've been putting in a lot of work. I'd like to put you on a monthly retainer. And I was like, what is a monthly retainer? I didn't know what that was. And he's like, yeah, I'll just, you know, it'll be like 750 bucks a month. And, um, just to, you know, have you around and make you be available. And I was like, well, I was doing it for free. I, I don't care. And he's like, no, we'll just, we'll pay you. Like, and then all he was like, Oh, by the way, there's a check in the mail from, you know, past stuff. And like, I got this check ironically here. Let me see. Ironically, this one right here. My first nice. ever check, my first ever check from the magazine for $900. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, I'm getting paid to ride a dirt bike. Like, absolutely. So uh, it kind of just kept going. And I was with Chris and Chris and then Chris Dennison got let go from Dirt Rider. And people who have listened to Pulp and stuff probably know the story. It kind of went down sour. And then Chris Kiefer left. Yeah. And Chris is like, hey, uh, I want to start my own thing. And he's been doing his own thing since like 2009 or something and yeah. um, doing manufacturer testing. And that's kind of where it went sour with him and Dirt Rider is Dirt Rider was like, you can't do any other testing except for Dirt Rider. And he's like, well, piss off. Like, that's how I make my living. Yeah. Um, so he asked me to go with him and he's like, you want to come and, you know, test for me? And he's like, I can't really pay you, but, you know, I'll get you bikes. And I was like, yeah, go with you. I mean, he's been nothing but like their family to me. So I'm like, yeah, I'll absolutely. I'll go with you. So I left dirt rider when he left dirt rider and it's kind of been that way ever since. And he's, I've just worked, worked really well with him and he's been there for me through my rough times that I had. And, uh, yeah, just him and his whole family are such great people. Cool, man. Yeah. I fucking love the story. man. <laughs> so, yeah. What, 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 what I do this show and what I like about, I, I like people. I like the stories of people. And particularly mm -hmm. stories of people in moto, you know. Mm -hmm. And I love the story, man. The the you know the doing doing stuff for free, the the mm -hmm. working hard, the getting your foot in the door. Um, yeah, that's sort of uh, I resonate with it, and it's mm -hmm. that's really cool, man. Yeah, no, I yeah, uh, 
there's a lot of stories like that in the industry i think you know people that totally people that go far in the industry are people like you like that mm-hmm. um yeah the people who uh after the uh the the fast cash they come and go hey yeah, cause uh, yeah it's a small absolutely. industry and you you shaft someone and you, you're not going to last long and you you be a good person and and you put in the hard yards and you're going to last yep. a long time yeah yeah but, and i mean you have to be willing uh like i said work for free for nothing and do a lot of work but another thing like chris always brings up everybody will come up to chris and they've even come up to me and been like must be nice must be nice you know wish i could be it what do i need to do to be a tester and chris has had people i've been there with him and they've been like hey uh you know i want to be a tester and he's like okay um ride this bike and then i want 1500 words by tomorrow and they're like what do you mean i have to type like he's like yeah you they, especially back now there's podcasts and stuff but especially back when there was just print media it was like mm. yeah you gotta have a story in, and they give you a word count and you got to hit between this and this word count and you got to do it. And so many people, even just hearing like, oh, I have to type. They're like, yeah, I'm not interested anymore. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's not just, it's not just like the joke between like Kiefer and Gary Sutherland and I is like, Kiefer, or Gary always tells Chris, he's like, oh, you just hit kickers and get free shit. That's what you do. That's You just hit kickers and get free shit. <laughs> and it's, it's, there's a lot to it. I mean, like I'm in the middle of typing a Dunlop story right now and uh, yeah. it, it finding the time to do it. But my typing and my writing was so bad. Like I, I barely graduated high school. Like, I, probably like most people. I'm, I don't know about you, but I, I was, high school was rough. Yeah. And uh, I was not a good student. My mom was a teacher. And so that was bad, but I was just an awful student. Didn't know how to write I me. Mean, I could read, but until I found something that I could apply myself to that I wanted, then I started typing stories. And what I would do in the beginning back in like dirt bike days and some dirt rider is I would type my story and I would send it to my mom and then she would read it and go through it and kind of edit it and then send it back to me. And then I would send it into the magazine so then they could have it. Cause I'm like, I, I know I'm not going to be good enough. So my mom's a teacher. She'll figure out the rough stuff and <laughs> we can go from there. Yeah. So yeah, it's a thing. Like I've, I've gotten a lot better at typing and a lot better at writing and, and it's being open to taking criticisms and critiques from Chris of even punctuations or, or verbiage or this or that. Um, if something's bad, knowing how to politely say it's bad instead of just saying it's a piece of shit, uh, it, it all kind of, it works out. And I've learned so much from Chris and both Chris's, but especially Chris hmm. Kiefer. Yeah. Well, that was one of my questions, man, is like, what if, what if a product is a piece of shit? Like, mm-hmm. and like you, you know, how do you feel? Do you feel like dis? I'd I'd feel like really disappointed for the companies. Like, well, oh, it, yeah, yeah. You know, it like- depends what it is. Uh, so like, that's where I didn't see eye to eye with Dirt Rider. Um, there was a test specifically I remember where it was a it was a Gas Gas three hundred, and this is before Gas Gas was KTM. It was like its own thing yeah, with like the, a, old, the old Spanish ones that yeah, yeah with like yeah. a, a Marzocchi fork and a sack shock and. Yeah. And I remember taking it out to ride it. They wanted me to test it and I rode it and it was like, I got, it was literally the worst motorcycle I've ever ridden. Like it, it vibrated so bad. I couldn't see straight. Like the shock was super soft blowing through, like couldn't go through whoops. And the front was so stiff. It was like choppered out even after I set the sag. And I'm like, here's the deal. I'll write this. I called the editor at the time and I was like, Hey, I'll, I, I 
test the bike like that's fine um it's a huge piece of shit though so just so you know the story's not going to be complimentary i'm not going to i'm not going to put my name behind something that has someone go spend money on something that sucks like mm -hmm. i know i i work hard i i make money and spend money on things and i'm like i don't want i wouldn't want to buy a piece of shit so he was like mm, maybe we'll just have somebody else test it then and to me i'm like well that's not fair to the reader because mm -hmm. now somebody else is going to sugarcoat it maybe you'll find somebody who's brand brand new in the industry and just wants to compliment everything yeah. and now somebody's going to go buy a bike that is really a piece of shit so when i started with chris it was like you know he's kind of taught me how to be polite about stuff like if something's not good get the point across that it's not good um without really shitting on it too bad um mm. And I am disappointed sometimes when like, especially when you expect something to be good, like uh, let's say I go into something and like, for example, if I expected that gas gas to be really good and it's just a piece of shit and I'm like, oh man, that really is unfortunate. Cause like I, especially when you give the bike the benefit of the doubt, like I'm really looking forward to this and then it's bad. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, this is going to be a rough one to write. Cause it's, it's just not good. I mean, you can compliment some of the, the good things, but like, uh, what was it when I was at dirt bike, it was. I mean, everybody knows like a slower bike is going to be a better handling bike because it doesn't yeah. have as much power. So yeah. like when I started at Dirt Bike, one of our first 250 shootouts, it was an off-road shootout. Actually, I have a picture somewhere and it was like ate shit on it and for the magazine photo. It was awesome. And uh, I'm like riding it. It was right when Husky came out with the, there were the white bikes before KTM with the redhead engines. Yeah, yeah, and, oh, yeah, yeah. And it yeah, was a fuel right. injected. No, it was fuel injected <laughs> and it was really bad. Like it wouldn't run unless you were like wide open. Yeah. So like I think they taught me to word that like although it's lacking on power, it handles very well for something something. And it's like you can kind of word things in certain yeah. ways, but like I'm not going to mince words if something's not good, I, I'll I'll tell you it's not that good. Like I'm doing a, a story right now on the Dunlop, the new AT82 um, yeah. off-road tire that they released. And tire's really good, but comparing it to the AT81, the AT81 is a piece of shit. It was a terrible tire, and I've yeah. hated it ever since they released it. Front and rear, they're awful tires. Yeah. And, like, I put that in my story. Like, it, the old tires weren't good. The new ones are much better. So it's like, you can say bad things, you just have to word it correctly. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. What about like when it's a um when it's just a part you're testing that's no good? That would be the hardest, wouldn't it? Because you know, some one or two people have put their heart and soul into that mm -hmm. new product, you know, and it's yeah. like they're living their heart and soul, they've developed this uh, thing. Then it sucks. Totally. So I can't it, imagine, man, how hard that would be. There was one at Dirt Rider just before I left. I don't even know if anybody tested it, but it was like literally uh a dirt bike helmet. And somebody made goggles that went over the entire face port. Like, and I like, we got it in the package and I was like, Chris, what is this? And he's like, <laughs> I, I don't know what this is. I, I don't know how we test this. Like it's a, it's kind of like turns a dirt bike helmet into a street bike helmet. I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. It's just like, there are certain things, there were certain things that they just opted not to test because it's yeah. like, uh, this is too fringe and yeah, it's not, it's not the right fit for the magazine or whatever and then there are also sometimes weird parts you get that are good parts but the company's hard to deal with or yeah. the companies are pushy yeah um there was a certain company uh dirt rider went at the end before i left that 
made a, a, a part for, um, it was like kind of like a, not a tubeless system, but it was something for the rear tire. And the product actually worked really well, but it was like every few days I was getting a text or a call from the owner of the company going, did you test it yet? Did you test it yet? What do you think? What'd you think? What are you going to write? What are you going to write? And I'm like, that kind of ruins it. Cause I'm like, you know, it's a good part and I'll still say it's a good part, but don't be so pushy. Like mm. you're going to get what you're going to get. I'll give you a good review. If it's a good part, if it's not, I'm not, but yeah, there, there are some times where it's hard, also hard to read through the fluff of tests. Um, uh, I'm just babbling on, but uh, yeah, it's all right. when, when you go to like, sometimes when you go to a bike, a dirt bike intro, um, I agree. I think Chris agrees. Most bikes are good bikes nowadays. It's really hard to buy a bad motorcycle. Mm. Um, but there are times when you go into a test and it's a, it's a bike intro and a lot of the stuff they tell you in the media section of it before the thing, they have like the, uh, whatever you want to call it, like, a um, media, uh, showcase, whatever the night before you test the bike. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it's so much of like, um, my wife just turned on the dryer. Is that too loud or is that good? It's all good, man. Okay. It's good. It's yeah, yeah, all good. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so it was, it's like all this fluff and of course it's the manufacturer. So they're going to tell you all the good stuff about everything and everything's amazing and everything's great. But you learn after a while, you learn to read through the fluff and okay, it's maybe it's just bold new graphics and there's not really any changes, but they changed a brake lever and they're going to go into it and how amazing this new brake lever is. And it, it's definitely, you learn how to read through the fluff of new parts or new bike intros and, and what is, what is just fluff and what is really a change and going to be going to be for the better. And I try to go into every test. Like Chris has taught me, you go into every test with an open mind. Like even if you see it and you're like, that's not going to work very good. You have to go into it and be like, well, maybe it will work good. Like you have to be open-minded because there have been times where I'm like, that's gonna suck and i've been like oh that's that's pretty good or times where i've been like it's gonna be good and it's and it's not that good mm. um and it's and a lot of times chris will be like we'll do we'll do like a blind test where he'll make a change or they'll change something and he'll say i'm not telling you what it's supposed to do like you know what we changed but like i'm not telling you what it's gonna do and that was one of the things that he's taught me that uh took a little bit to understand was like here is the thing. Here's what I changed. If you don't feel anything, tell me you don't feel anything. Because like I don't want you to be like, well, he changed something, so I have to give him an answer of something changed. Because if it didn't change, that's the honest answer. And they mm. need to know that. Like I, I know that's how kind of he got his start in too, is they blind tested him and were like, what's different? And he was like, nothing is different. And they were like, well, that's because we didn't change anything. So like he was being yeah. honest that nothing was different. So yeah, that, it's all kind of a a web of of things you learn over over yeah, time that's a good test that's a good test for someone's honesty hey mm -hmm. yeah yeah when you don't when you don't change anything yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard of like steve's talked about mathis has talked about factory riders like mm. coming in and and like bones or somebody doing a bunch of stuff under the fork and be like go back and test it and he's like oh it's so much better and he's like well i didn't change anything so now it's just yeah mental. Like, <laughs> that's it, it that's a, that's a mental especially with your yeah your real pro riders you know hearing things oh, and sure. feeling things and absolutely all that sort of thing. and yeah. then you hear the other side where they've you know where they've changed the slightest thing and riders notice it so oh yeah randy richardson told me a story when we were doing that michelin test that they would test with kevin windham back mm. 
I, I don't know what bike they were riding back in the day, but testing tires and tubes. And he said they just changed, like, he was doing whips. And I guess Wyndham is notoriously a really good test rider. And they were doing, he was doing whips. And they changed the thickness. It didn't even change to, like, a heavy-duty tube. But they just changed to a little bit thicker tube. And he was like, what'd you guys change? And they were like, we didn't change anything because they didn't even think about it. And then once they thought about it a little more, they're like, oh, we went to the slightly thicker tube. And he noticed when he was whipping that the gyro motion was slightly yeah. different with the yeah. thicker tube. It's just like, uh, that's, that's the next level. I'm nowhere near that, that touchy. Like <laughs> that's crazy. Chris, Chris is really good with that stuff. Like I'm, I can notice things, but not Chris is so in tune with bikes that, I mean, that's why, manufacturers have him test parts. He's doing, he's very, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's very, very good at what he does. And I will say he is – people will be like, oh, come on, tell me something about what you're doing. He is tight-lipped. Like, even with me, I'll be like, hey, man, what do you test? Like, when he was doing Triumph stuff, mm. I didn't know. He wouldn't tell me what he was doing. Like, he's like, I'm going to Europe. I'm like, what are you going to Europe for? He's like, I can't really talk about it. I'm like, come on, tell me. He's like, no, I can't. Like, he is tight-lipped. He takes it mm. very seriously when it comes to signing an NDA or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool, man. Hey, um, just let's get down to just sort of a uh, a typical day, man. So mm -hmm. um, how do you like, uh, how do you decide what track you're going to and what sort of time of day you're going to that track? You got, Whether you're going to a fresh track, to, to a beaten up track, you know, how, how does that sort of process work? Usually, I'll go wherever Chris tells me to go. Uh, usually, it's with him. Like, if I test, I usually go meet him to ride somewhere. He's, like, my main riding buddy. Um, yeah. Unless, so I'm, getting, unless rock, I'm... Yeah, you'll rock up to his place and... Yep. Either yeah. that or we'll meet at Glen Helen. We yeah. Glen Helen's, like, in the middle of both of us. So, it's, like, okay. 25 minutes for me, 25 minutes for him. So, it's a good middle place. Um, unless I'm going to go ride off-road. And usually, when I ride off-road, it's with another group of buddies. Um Chris will ride off road every now and again, but he's not a diehard off road guy like I am. Yeah. Uh, so, like, if it's a moto test, it usually it'll be like Glen Helen, or up if it rains, it'll be up at his house. We'll go ride from his house and go test parts. Oh, um, yeah. In the days. And in the days. And the days, when it's wet, it's unreal. Um, mm. And usually start early morning, and it's important to him to test like throughout the day. Like, cool. Oh, yeah. I've gone yeah. to, to dirt bike tests before where they always do this with new bike intros or, or bike tests is like, they'll go to like the prime track and prep it. Perfect. And let's get real. They want you to test their bike on a perfect condition. So it's optimal. Yeah. yeah. And instead of that, like if it's not a new bike intro where they have us going, it's like Chris will go, okay, well we need to test in the morning in the middle of the day and when it's rough because we need to know mm. what it's like in all those conditions. So like Glen Helen in the morning is always amazing. Like I love Glen Helen. Yeah. A lot of people don't like Glen Helen. Like I've always loved it. Like I love the hills. I love the bumps. Um, but in the end of the day, like on a Wednesday, Thursday, like three in the afternoon in the summer, it's awful. It's like it. Chris always explains it. It's like uh, it's like riding through a parking lot, running into curbs. Like yeah, it's it's awful. But that lets you test certain aspects of the bike and to know what it does throughout the day mm. and. Yeah, it, it, it kind of varies on, on what we're testing, too. Like, I've gone places with him. Like, we're going to test suspension, so we'll go to a rough track. And he has mm. different he has different tracks up in the high desert that's like, oh, here's a sand track. I want to test something there. I want to test a rough yep. track. I want to test a hilly track that's, like, a lot of single track that's edgy. So, like, I'll test tires. Or, you know, he has a specific 
he has a method to his madness. Like, hmm. yeah, he has a specific place where he'll go. And he also has, uh, like, he has like a notebook that goes back. I don't know how far it goes back to before I ever met him. And it's like, what was the jetting on an RM125 in the shootout, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, yeah, it was this, this, and that. He has this notebook that goes back ages. Um, nice. He's he's very, very meticulous with that stuff. And uh, yeah, I yeah I respect him a lot. He's he's taught me so much. Cool. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it sounds like the answer to that question is just like um, basically comes down to Chris having so much experience and just, oh, yeah, you know, knowing, knowing all that stuff. There's no sort of no, no simple answer to that. Hey, yeah. Yeah, it'll it'll always change or or whatever do or a lot, a lot of times it'll be like oh it's a weekend test this bike but race it so oh yeah, yeah like like this weekend when I did the Dunlop thing I went on Sunday and raced at Glen Helen at a Grand Prix to test a new Dunlop and it was like the Dunlop intro was hey come and race this Grand Prix and tell us what you think of the tire so like mm. it was a race test um which was cool like you always end up pushing a little harder when you race or or whatever yeah. it lets you test all those different conditions um maybe a little more so than if you were just out play riding because you do a race test or a test on the track will be different because you can hit the same line every time and see what it does where if you're yeah. just going to go off-road ride you're never going to hit the same bump over and over and over again so like yeah that's one thing i also learned with testing with chris when we did the tire test with randy richardson was yeah go around the track we're going to test this and they give me they wouldn't tell me anything about the tires they'd say here's a carcass b carcass and c carcass and tell me what you feel and Chris taught me, like, if you're going to be doing that, ride the same line every lap. Because mm -hmm. then you know exactly what you're hitting and you know exactly yeah. what it feels like every time. And once I started doing that, I started feeling exactly what he was talking about. Like, one of the carcasses was softer. So you'd go off the lip of the jump and you'd feel the rear tire, like, kind of squish out and, and um, wobble off the side a little bit. And that was a softer carcass and where a firmer carcass wouldn't do that. So like yeah, you learn to feel the little intricacies of, of different parts. Cool, cool. Do manufacturers often come along when you are testing, and and it, what's that like? Is that like? I suppose it depends on who they are, whether they're yeah. Or they're all they're all really helpful. Like all the manufacturers, uh, we've kind of gotten to know all the people who are part of the the media relations department of each manufacturer yeah. like i guess they trust you guys then yeah so they yeah so not like looking over your shoulder quite as much yeah right and they, and they're there like let's face it they're there to make their bike do the best it possibly can so yeah. like you want to make a change they'll make a change if they yeah. have a suggestion like hey i think it'd be better if we did this because sometimes you have people who come out from the manufacturer who are actually the test riders like honda has um our friend ryan dudek um, who used to race moto here with Chris and stuff. And he's actually a Honda test rider. And then he'll come to the press launch or whatever. So he knows that bike really, really well. And he'll go, Oh, I think if we do this and this, it'll be better. Or this is not really the bike's strong suit. So you're never going to get it perfect here. Um, a lot of times a test rider will come out or sometimes it's just a mechanic from the manufacturer and they still know a lot. Um, but it is always nice when you get like a test rider to come out um, because they kind of can guide you in the right direction if if you're feeling something or not feeling something. You want to make little changes and that sort of thing mm -hmm. over the day. Yeah. yeah, yeah, cool, cool. And do you do you? Oh, so you sort of already answered it. So that that a lot of the time you'll be sort of going on your own time to do some mm -hmm. testing. Um, yep. How often is it like single rider compared to multiple riders? um uh, what do you mean by that exactly 
So, like, you know, how, how, you know, how often would you just go to test on your own, like you were um, talking about earlier, compared to uh, like a group test where it's you and Chris and a um, manufacturer guy and that sort of thing? Uh, I would say it's much more common for it just to be like Chris and I, yeah, uh, or Chris and I and Aiden. Um, the the usually the only time manufacturers come out is when it's like a dirt bike, like an intro for a specific bike, okay. and yes. they set aside yeah, one day. Um, yeah. back in the dirt rider days, it was you, because the dirt rider was such a big publication, they mm. kind of gather up all the manufacturers and go, we yeah. want to have our shootout on this day, this day, and this day. Usually we would yeah. do it two or three different tracks and we would all meet at the track and it, all of the manufacturer would be there and all your riders would be there and they'd have their notebooks on, you know, like they would, we would try to set it up to where it would be, okay, so-and-so is going to ride this bike then so-and-so is going to ride this bike and we would set it up by weight. So like, if I'm really close to Chris with weight, we'll ride the same bike back to back because then we don't have to change the sag. Yeah. Um, if it's a really light rider, he'll go way after us so they can change the sag for him. But like, we'll try to get through it the most efficient way possible. Um, and those were always fun days. Those were long days though. Like uh, when you have five or six or seven bikes to go through, it makes it a really long day because you have to get a good feel for each bike. And you also, like I said before, you want to ride it multiple times during the day. So yeah. cool. You get on it in the morning and you're like, oh, the Suzuki was amazing. And then Chris would be like, no, you need to go ride it again at three in the afternoon. And I go ride yeah. it and be like, oh my God, it's terrible. Like this yeah. is not a good bike. So it, it all depends on that. You have to ride it multiple times. You have to ride them at different times of the day. Um, mm. And yeah, I mean, th- those were like long days start at like 7 a.m. and ride until it was dark a lot of days. Um, yeah. which is super, super fun, but it definitely makes it a long day. Yeah, man. So like you, you, on those days, man, you, you're, you're riding more than you would on a race day. Yeah. So like, yeah. Oh, definitely. How, how do you go with like nutrition on those sort of days when you just go yeah. flat out do like, uh, you know, I try to eat. That's gotta be tough. I, I'm not going to lie. I'll go like McDonald's in the morning, but, uh, like that, what's cool when you go to these tests, um, it still kind of goes in line with everybody wants you to have the best impression of the motorcycle period. So usually all these guys have a spread out of food. So like you go, you go to the Honda van, a sprinter van and, Oh, you want a sandwich? They have sandwiches or you want chips or you want apples or it's always usually really healthy stuff too. It's like sandwiches, chips, apples, uh, waters, whatever. So like throughout the day you try to eat as much as you can, but yeah, they all usually provide something or on some days, like because Chris, is a good dude and really appreciative of what they do. Like there was one test where like I came up late and didn't make the test that day, but I came up and brought all the manufacturers in and out. So like everybody gets food today, like good food. But uh, yeah, usually that's covered uh, by the manufacturers, um, especially if it's like a, a single bike intro, they have like a whole deal where they'll have like a, not a chef, but like a catered meal. Um, on shootout days, it's usually more snacky stuff, but like on a, on a new bike intro, it's like a, remember we went to Zaka station, uh, for like a Honda two or Cowie 250 intro. And it was like the night before was like at a winery and you could have wine and cheese. And then like the next day you test, but they had catered lunch that was like a barbecue place. And it's like, I don't want to say they wine and dine you, but they kind of wine and dine you. Of Um, course, man. That makes perfect sense. Now that I'm thinking about it, you know, like. That, they probably put a lot of effort into what you're going to eat and all that sort of oh, thing because, man, like, you know, the, uh, some people might not care, but there's people that, like, 
if they gave you shit food, <laughs> it just it would taint their opinion, wouldn't it? Yeah, really? I mean, if they want the, the you know they the food want, shit. <laughs> absolutely, they want yeah. you to have like the best experience possible. Mm. So, and I mean, like sometimes they give you like goodie bags. Like it, it's mm. it's really interesting. Like I remember, like even for this Dunlop intro I did, it was like went to the intro. I was I'm just happy to be there. Like I'm I'm that's awesome. But then like they gave me a cooler like uh like a yeti style cooler a bob mm. cooler with yeah. like uh i don't know i looked it up it's like 250 dollars, and it's like yeah. what do you give me a cooler for like it's bitching i love it i'm thankful mm. but it's like they want you to have the best experience and best taste in your mouth possible and that's i think that's kind of the way of the world i think that's probably how automotive manufacturer you know testing is i'm sure or you know introductions or or publications going to those things i'm i'm sure it's the same with with all those experiences I mean, yeah. if you even look at, I just listened to Mathis and Davy Coombs discussing the uh, the Ducati launch, and yeah. like Davy Coombs went to Italy to do the test, and then oh, after that they took a skiing in the Alps, and it's like that's mm. all. It's all related. I mean, they yeah. want you to have a good experience. Yeah, it makes makes perfect sense. Yeah, and there would be there would be people, you know, um, that maybe don't quite have the. Um, the honesty of you and Chris, that, that would take their opinion. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. It. You know, like I, 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 company I used to work for, they, uh, they would uh, get a lot of products from uh, from China, and mm-hmm. um, and the people that were in, you know, the high rollers in the company that were in charge of buying products from China would go over there in these junkets, and mm-hmm. then we would get some product that was just fucking garbage, <laughs> and the running joke was like. You know, where did they take them to get this signed off? Like, oh, you know, they were, you know, we're going to get they, you to buy this. <laughs> what were these guys up to? And there was all, 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 all the stories about, you know, that this deal was done at a fucking strip club, you know, to get that product and all that sort of stuff. Well, we just lost Michael for a sec. Got you back. Uh, Perfect. You got me back. You got me back. Yep. Right. Perfect. Sorry about that. Cool, man. No, nah, it's all good, man. That that sort um, of thing happens sometimes. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I can see how that happens, especially in a lot of industries. Yeah, they wine you and they dine you, and they want to make. Yeah, I mean they they want to make everything really good, and like and and I respect that. I mean, like I think every company is going to yeah, want to do that. They're gonna, yeah, of course they're um, going to. Yeah. And and I think that's where like Chris isn't. Chris is not going to be like. Oh, you gave me a good this, so you're gonna get a good review. He's just gonna tell you yeah. how it is, and I think that's why he's been in the industry for as long as he has. Is he's like he's just an honest, dude. He'll tell you how it is, and if it's great, that's great. If it's not, that's mm. unfortunate. But he'll he's also he'll give every bike, every test, every part like an honest shot at like let's make it as good as we can. Uh, we'll test longer we need to. Like what what can we do to try to make this better? Because mm. like I want to give everything a fair shot. Yeah. Yeah, man. I think that's why, you know, speaking for myself and I think for a lot of people, I think that's why um, people um, trust his, trust mm-hmm. what he says, you know? Yeah. Like, totally. man, I, I bought a second-hand bike uh, off, uh, I bought a second-hand bike um, just uh, last week mm-hmm. and uh, a, a Yamaha and uh, off, a, off a farmer's farmer's son had been racing it, you know, low hour, good rig and all that and talking to him up there and um you know these guys out on a farm in australia in the middle of, sort of middle of nowhere right and i said he's he's showing me the the app for the mapping and all that because that's mm-hmm. all new to me right and um and he said oh yeah we've got the travis preston map in this at the moment and right. oh the chris the chris Kiefer map's a good one and all yep. that sort of thing <laughs> yeah, a yeah. in the middle of fucking nowhere in australia yeah. that's, you know so 
it's, it's crazy. It's, yeah. it's crazy how, how far it reaches. And I'm like, yeah. and that's good for, for, uh, for the consumer that you, they can get the cool. info that, that, you know, gives them the best opportunity to, to make their bike as good as the, as good as they can. And like, yeah. like I said before, it's, it is hard to buy a bad bike now. I mean, everybody bags on Suzuki, the Suzuki 250 is pretty rigid, but like, it's still a good motorcycle. Like, yeah. it, it, yeah. I don't know. I actually had this combo with Chris recently of like a question I've always had of like, at what year range? So like, let's say you have a 2024 KTM 252 stroke yeah, and you start working your way backwards at my vet level. What year would I have to get to hinder my results? Like if I rode a 06 YZ 250, I'm going to do just as good as I am on the 24 KTM because yeah. my riding ability is not going to push the bike to the potential, but like maybe I get to like a 97 CR 250 with the aluminum frame. Yeah. That's going to be shit. Yeah. But like, but that, that was a one-off dog though. Too. Yeah, that, that's like, true. If you're, too. A, if you're on a 96 uh, CR 250, you'd probably do fine. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I had that yeah. combo too. I'm like, that was a good bike too. So like, yeah. I, I think, I think when you get back into like, especially like conventional fork bikes and stuff, then yeah, it's just getting yeah. weird. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, it is hard to, to, to get a bad bike nowadays. Like everything has gone so far even. And I always say, I wish I tested, I told Chris, I wish I tested back in the nineties or, or early two thousands even, um, to see really when bikes were separated by yeah. bigger yeah. margins of error or bigger margins, because like it, when I started testing fuel injection was just coming in and mm. it was a little touchy, like fuel injection was a little weird at first. Like it was really on off feeling and it's yeah. gotten so much better with the mapping and the ignitions and everything. But like everything's still so good it's mm. and like when chris he'll tell me stories about like i always like pick his brain about old tests and stuff he's done and like yeah. he said he went to the uh cannondale intro uh um, no. when they did that and he was like yeah. they ran out they kept breaking wheels they ran out of wheels like for the testers because they kept breaking wheels yeah and it's like that stuff is fascinating to me like the history of moto and the history of different bikes that have been tried and different things that have mm. been tried and maybe had that bike had a few different things maybe it would have been a success i don't know like yeah yeah that's that's always interesting to me yeah it is man like i grew up you know like the, growing up you know where i grew up like the magazines was everything you know mm -hmm. totally. and um and yeah shootouts always reading shootouts and most shootouts in the 80s nap one of the bikes was a total dog you know like, yeah Yep. You know, Honda nearly won every shootout. Oh, I bet. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. They nearly won everything. And um, and and there was these these real set set trends that never changed about what was good mm -hmm. and what was bad. Mm -hmm. like, Honda always had the best motor. Honda always had the best ergonomics and the best quality. And that was right. every single shootout in the 80s, you know. And, oh, yeah. And then you'd have certain things about other brands that, that uh yeah suzuki's always turned good you know that yeah was just yeah like, that was the thing too absolutely awesome. you know that was the whole 80s and into the 90s and that sort of thing so i remember mm -hmm. you know that was shootouts was probably my second favorite thing to read in the magazines I, yeah i um i always loved the editor's articles um yeah oh i do favorite. too i, yep. I always love the editor articles because like yeah, yeah. you kind of i feel like over time uh you get to know that editor like 
on a, not a personal basis, but you got to get to know who they are. And yeah. there's, it's not always dirt bike related. It's a story about when they did this yeah. or that, or like, yeah. I always loved the, the editor, the editor columns. And, uh, I think that was one of the things I, uh, started really like kind of leaning towards Chris and not so much the editor part, but like just his honesty and like, just, he's just a real dude. Like he, yeah. uh, just honest, real dude who will have a good conversation with you. And I kind of relate that to like editor style columns is like, he'll yes. always have a good story. He always has a good story. And, uh, yeah, I don't, it, it's always interesting also for me to look at, um, like, let's say we do testing, we do a shootout and I've always find it fascinating to look at the other publication shootouts. Cause mm. like I wrote all the bikes, so I know what I felt and yeah. usually everyone's pretty close. Like it, yeah. they're all within reason. Sometimes you have one that's like, who who was running that bike? Because like that bike was terrible. I don't know how that yeah. one. But usually everyone's pretty close, which which kind of tells you that everyone really does pretty much tell the truth and and yeah. and feel the same thing, which is good to know. Um, mm. because you don't want people buying crap. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Now I you know I don't read too many different shootouts nowadays. Mm -hmm. You know, but um, you know honestly, I probably. Um, listening to what Chris thinks of bikes is probably the, my main source of that sort of thing. I guess yeah, yeah. nowadays. So yeah, you know, no, totally. I'll still do. You know, I'll, I'll watch a shootout on YouTube or something if I come across it. And if it pops yep. up after I've watched, exactly. it, I'll go, oh, I'll check this out. You know, it might be yeah, or 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 whoever's doing it. You know, and just for right. interest, make to see what what they say or MXA or someone. Yeah. Yep. No, absolutely. Yeah. And that and it's that's another thing I think that's kind of changed even since I got into it is so there was almost like a, not a hierarchy, but like a, you would have, there was like, you couldn't be friends with other publications. Like yeah. the dirt rider guys couldn't be friends with the dirt bike guys who couldn't be friends or the dirt bike and the MXA guys were always friends because yeah. it's the same publication same company. Yeah. 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 So like it was really, I feel like when I got into it, it was really clicky in terms of like, yeah you had to stay with your group and that's the way it was. But I think Chris has been one of the pioneers of breaking out of that and being like, look, dude, we're all here to ride dirt bikes and we all are here yeah. to have fun. So yeah. like, I don't have to hate MXA because I don't agree with what they're saying or because mm. that's the way it's been. Like we're all here to ride dirt bikes. We're all friends. Yeah. Like we go to, we go to the tracks now and like mm. there are days where, okay, it'll be a new bike intro and you'll have different publications there and you're kind of riding the same bike. You talk to the other testers. Like, yeah, for the most part nowadays, you, you can go and talk to any of the testers from any of the publications and like mm. everybody kind of gets along more. And I think Chris actually helped kind of pioneer that, I guess you say, because it was very hard lined when I started of like, oh, you're a dirt bike. Don't go talk to those dirt rider guys. Yeah. Yeah. I can certainly see with Chris's personality, him do, breaking, breaking, oh, yeah. that ice, <laughs> yeah. breaking that ice a bit, you know? So Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, how's data captured? So... In nowadays, is it all? Is it all like? It, do you have a tablet? Do you have like software no. that you enter into, or is or are we still running the book notebook? It's still paper. Like um, cool. when we were doing Dirt Rider, they had their own official sheet. You would get like basically a packet, um, and it would have, let's say there were five bikes. You would have five different sheets of paper, and it would have like engine, chassis, suspension, ergonomics um and then any like miscellaneous things you want to talk about like how loud it was you want to talk about anything like that yeah um so it was very i felt bad for chris because he had to read my handwriting and it was awful but like yeah there was when we do tests it's like it's a packet of paper and you fill out what you feel 
And that's how they did dirt rider tests. And that's how I feel like they were really fair is it would basically be an average of like, and actually the last page would be, how do you rank them in, in all the categories? So like they would literally yeah. take an average of so many riders said this, so many riders said that, so many riders said that. And at the end, that was what it was. Like he didn't, they didn't skew it and go, well, yeah. maybe they said that, but I think it was this way. No, it was just an honest review. And yeah. the other thing I think that was really good is we would take different people. You had, we would have an overweight guy. We, that's a novice rider. You'd have a really fast dude. Like you have a Chris or you have a me who's just a uh, vet intermediate vet expert guy. And then we'd always try to incorporate a woman too, like to get everyone's outlook. And yeah. that way you get a much more even, uh, uh, response from everybody to see what what's good for maybe you're a, a chick reading the publication and you want to know how it is for a chick well now you have a little bit of a, mm. a understanding of how it is for a chick so like i thought that was always a real fair way to do it too yeah cool i love that it's still um uh, notes notes on paper oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely <laughs> i love that you know so yep. i can't see myself you know in my day job or in 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 this stuff or anything ever ever not running running a bit of pen and paper Same here. Just, yeah, even just, at my even at my nine to five like i i always joke like i hit metal with hammers for a living like that i have to do something physical like i'm not super techie like yeah. the techie most techie i am is typing stories for chris and like yeah. and and i i've actually truly come to enjoy that and i always like i guess writing but didn't know or writing and then didn't know I'd really like writing until starting to do more stories. And then once kind of Chris pointed me in the right direction, it's almost like therapeutic. Like you, mm. you get into a story and you, you like what you want, you, you like what you like, or you don't like what you like, but you get to pour out what you're feeling onto, onto the page. And like, yeah. especially with when I went, a dirt rider kind of had me in a certain, like a little box where Chris has me in a huge box and kind of lets me yeah. do what I want. So if I want to go long, I can go long where when it was publication and print, they would go, you have a word count and it has to be between 700 and 800 words. And it's like, yeah. that sounds like, Oh man, you have a hundred word gap, but no, that's hard to do. Cause it's like, yeah. well now I'm at, I'm at 900 words. What do I cut? Because yeah. everything I put down is how I feel. So like you mm. have to go in and pick and choose what you want to cut out because they're yeah. like print print media was hard on their deadlines and hard on their, their word counts. Yeah. Like you couldn't mess with it. So like Chris is giving me a bigger window to kind of free flow with it. However, however long I want to write or however much I want to write. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I really enjoy uh, typing out a long story depending on what it is. Like mm. I remember when he first told me, okay, you need to write. It was like a little snippet. It was like 500 words. And I was like, 500 words. That's ridiculous. So long. <laughs> it sounds and then like, like yeah, and then I get in and I'm like, oh, well, I'm 900 words in. This isn't going to work. Like, it, you just start yeah. going. And yeah, like, I, he agrees too. Like, it's therapeutic for him too. Once you start typing, yeah. you kind of get in a zone. And like, I don't need, I can't listen to music. I have bad ADD. So, like, I can't listen to music or podcasts or anything. Like, when I type, I have to be typing and that's what I'm doing. And that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where Chris, I think, I think he listens to music, but yeah, uh, I listen to music. Yeah. So, like, I, I do, I, I love writing. Like, I, I really mm -hmm. love love to write and i yeah um, i do a little bit of it i i I was doing some for a website and and actually just wrote one for a magazine and that sort of thing oh nice and um and that sort of thing but I've, I, I was doing it as like a as a hobby before mm -hmm. i even had a, an outlet for it you know so oh, totally because I, I um i like doing it and i um 
I've always sort of had a bit of a knack for it. I'm a bit of a wordsmith, so it does sort of come mm -hmm. easier. But the yeah. therapeutic, man, very therapeutic. Absolutely, yeah. I didn't realize that until I started getting more into it. And I'm like, oh, wow, like you can you can get anything out. Or like even you want to you know, type yourself a story and have nobody ever read it. Like just yeah. getting getting it out uh, really, really helps. Like even um, what did I do? It may have been the podcast. After uh, if people have listened or whatever, I went through a drug addiction thing. And when yeah. I yeah. got through that, um, I ended up typing a bunch out. And it was like – or no, it was right before I went – uh, down to rehab, I typed out everything to the place where I was going to go. And like, yeah. it was just seeing those words on paper. I knew yeah. everything was in there. I knew everything I wrote, yeah. but like seeing it on paper and like getting it out, I was like, wow, I really have a problem. I didn't mm. know. I, I knew I had a problem, but like, until you type it out and read it and hit send on an email, you're like, oh no, I really have a fucking problem. So I need yeah. to fix this. But there's yeah, something yeah. therapeutic about writing for sure. Well, that story that that was when I like I'd, I'd always knew knew about Mike, you know, you Mike, yeah, who, yeah. Chris Janky Mike, that. yeah, yeah, but yeah. That story that you said on Kiefer's, that's when I first reached out to you. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I just, As soon as I like, as soon as I listened to it, I was like, I just got to give this guy props because I really, yeah, thank you. I really appreciated just that honesty and and then I shared with you how I know what it's like to have been holding a a problem in your life. Oh, totally and um that no one knows about and then oh publicly, yeah publicly sharing it because i've done the totally. same thing so yeah, yeah. no and it, it, really. it's hard but then it's it's one of those things that once you once you let it out you're like oh okay like mm. let's move on and like like you can what getting it out is just yeah that's why one of the reasons i did the podcast i'm like even me getting out that me doing the podcast was therapeutic for me yeah, like yeah i want other people yeah. i want other people to know as well and and give other people outlets but it was it was for me too like i I got it out there and I'm like, yeah, this is it. And now I have nothing to hide anymore. So like, that's it's, right. It's so freeing, yeah. isn't it? So freeing. So freeing. Yeah, man. So Dude, what's uh, the most, what, um, yeah, no, oh, sorry. I don't know. Don't no, know I was going to say, so what I was going to ask you, what about you? Do you ride a lot? Do, do I ride? Yeah. R ride a lot, man. So, um, normally I'm, I'm actually like bouncing off the walls with not riding enough, uh, I haven't mm -hmm. this year apart from in my backyard. So right. I usually ride, I wouldn't, I'm probably about not as much as Chris, but, um, I, I'll try and ride once a week. Like oh, okay. Once, that's good. Once, once a fortnight. And, yeah. um, last year I did, I, I, I still call it the race from hell in, yeah. uh, in like November and I, I, I blew up my bike. And um, like an off-road race, blew up my cowie. And, You're not talking uh, about Fink, are you? No, no, oh no, no, no. I was gonna. <laughs> this wasn't Fink. This wasn't Fink. No, no. It was. Uh, it was just a um, a club level off-road race. Okay. But, um, it was run by a hard enduro club. And oh, they, okay. And, and like, I turned up there and I was like, oh, I've fucking bitten off more than I can chew here, you know? Because I'm on. Like, I've, a motor, I've been there. I'm on a motocross bike. And and me and my old mate, we turned up, um, entered the over eighty class. Combined, we're over a hundred, and, <laughs> um, and we're just like there's like gummy tired beaters with six foot fucking yep. riders everywhere. Yeah, and, and the start line is a fucking enduro cross section. Right, and, this, and straight away, I'm just like, oh fuck. Anyway, <laughs> so no, that I've been there. Yep, we're never going back. Yeah, and yeah, I fucked me bike. So, and then December, and um, you know, December, January, all that's just so busy for me with 
with my um my business and also i went to i went to america in january and all that sort of thing oh nice so i have it the cowie i've got a heap of parts and i've had no time to fix it so yeah i haven't been able to ride and then i just right. bought this yamaha so i'll be out on it soon i've i haven't had time i've got to just you know they've been so when someone else has been working on it i've got to go through it myself before I'll ride. yeah yeah yep so i've only done a lap to the backyard it, seems to turn nice which yeah yep. last time i had a yamaha it didn't turn at all so that's nice to know yeah um, what uh what uh 250 450 a nine it's a 19 uh 250. Oh, okay so, it's a good bike it's a really yeah, good bike. yeah yeah that's sort of it's i was you know I, I didn't really want to spend the money but it was sort of the exact i wanted a 19 to 23 mm -hmm. i really liked them because i'd ridden the mates Mm -hmm. And it came out really good price, good condition, you know, all that sort of thing. So I pounced on that. So yeah, that bike, I really, that was one for some reason when I was a dirt rider, I don't know why it always happened that I ended up with Yamahas like for yeah. long-term test bikes. And so I've really gotten comfortable on Yamahas and like where a lot of people are like, Oh, Honda feels like home or like a Yamaha feels like home to me. Cause I've been on them forever, but like they do the yamaha 250s are so good like you yeah, yeah. they're really really hard to beat like yeah and even their off-road 250s are really really good yeah yeah like i've i haven't ridden a wr but i've ridden an fx and it mm -hmm. is great and yeah. the fx isn't that different you know but yeah um, it's not that different you know i i like i do a bit of off-road and a bit of moto so you mm -hmm. know um, there are a lot yeah. of tracks down there to ride moto or there's not man no nah, nah, no that's that's a tough one um you know the uh so I, I i usually just go to a ride just to ride moto I, yep. I very very because i haven't raced a moto race for quite a few years right um if i do a race it's usually an off-road race um mm -hmm. I, I try and do once a year do that last year did yep. two with my mate and that sort of thing team races and that yep just, i just like to do it for fun it just just mm -hmm. so i you know i just turned 48 it's just so like i keep doing it you know so yeah that totally race, and um and that sort of thing and entering races and that's expensive here you know, yeah yeah like totally the entry and all that like it's it's expensive so you, yeah that's one of the reasons why i just but i just like to um i've got a couple of shitty practice tracks near home i can ride out my back gate and I, oh, that's I cool. just go out and pound laps man just keeps me yeah. fit keeps me fit oh totally it, it zones me out you know it's anything that's head. bothering you and, and and everything else i mean it's so fun i mean yeah I'm, I like, I'm more off-road guy, Chris. I never rode moto in, at all until I like really met Chris and like yeah. he forced me to ride moto and like, I'm still not a good moto rider, but it's helped me a lot. Even in my off-road skills, it's helped me a lot. Uh, I'm more of an off-road guy, off-road racer. I like mm -hmm. doing that stuff. I like hard enduro. I like all those types of things, um, desert racing, but like him making me ride moto has helped me so much i think people don't realize like the crossing between the two like mm. aiden road um in november i've been trying to talk chris into like letting aiden ride racing off-road racing like mm. you gotta let him do it. you gotta let him do it and finally chris was gone actually so he came to race a glenn helen race with heather and she they both came down and he got done and he was like dude that was so fucking fun like mm. because it wasn't like you know a 15 minute sprint it was like 45 mm. minutes and you get to get out of fourth gear and go wide open and he's like dude that was really really fun and he's mm. like the environment is so much different off-road than yeah. it is moto like everyone is it's better, he's like it? dude 
these all you did. You're talking to all the you're talking to buddies that you just raced against. Like you guys yeah. are homies. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's the way it is in off road. Like it's not like that in moto. Yeah, yeah. Off road crowd is is pretty cool. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, here. yeah. Moto crowd's still cool compared to most other sports. But oh, totally. Off road's just even cooler. You know. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, everyone's everyone's a lot a lot more willing to help. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You know, no no one's stopping and sacrificing a, 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 a thirty seconds out of their race to check if you're okay. And no, race, are they? So. no, that actually in like uh, in yeah. two thousand eleven or twelve, I remember it was I don't know why did you just saying that made me think of it. I went mm. to Idaho to do I was racing the National Hair and Hounds at the time, and I was like decent rider, like I never really won the two fifty class, but. I could be inside the top 20 overall. Um, so like I, I had a really good start and started the race got like, I don't know. I was probably like seventh or eighth and I'm like riding really good. And a dude yard sales in front of me. And I'm like, mm. I, I can't, I can't ride past him. Like I can't mm. leave him. So like I stop and he's like throwing up blood and like unconscious. And I was like, well, I guess I just got to sit here with this dude. So mm. like I sat there with him for probably 40 minutes until everybody showed up. And I remember mm. like my dad and I drove all the way there and it was like 17 hours and whatever. And I was like, dude, he's going to be fucking pissed. I just like pulled off and he's like, I could be more proud of you. Like you did the right thing. Yeah. Like you, you stopped your race, whatever, yeah. but you were there for that dude Absolutely. and waited until people showed up. Like, like, cool. You didn't get a good finish, whatever. But like, mm. what if that dude had died and you could have saved him? Like, yeah, the, yeah. that's, that's the yeah. off-road community to me. Yeah, like at, at off, all off-road events here, um, during the briefing, they will always say, if you come across an injured rider and you stop to help them, we will adjust your time. We'll talk about yep. it afterwards and adjust your time. And I've been involved in, in doing that. Like yep. I used to um, I used to do a lot of sweep riding. Sweep riding is mm -hmm. cool, man, because... Yeah, sweep riding is real cool. You're riding the same track. You get to have a rest whenever you want. You yep. get to watch the fast guys from the best vantage points. Yep. And um, and also um, you know you're riding the same track and you're not paying entries or, or license fees, exactly. you know. So yep. sweet riding, I, I was a professional sweet rider, I reckon. For yeah, years, it was really cool. You yeah, know, like I've got the sweet ride races that like when when Toby Price was racing off road before he oh, was okay. winning Dakar and stuff, you know. Right. Um, I got the sweet ride races like that, so it's really it was cool. funny. You get, you get to see the coolest when, things. Do you remember when Toby came here and broke his back? Yeah. I was there and I showed up with his broken back and I went to get help. Yeah. Yeah. So it was him and, and Skylar Howes actually crashed within I don't, a mile of each other. Yeah. They both yard sailed. And then I was like, oh, I got to go get help. And then I ate shit going to get help. So it was, oh. it was, a, it was a complete shit show. But yeah, 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 those dudes are fast. Really, really yeah, fast. Yeah. Uh, he's a, um, he's a, to me, he's the biggest legend of dirt bikes in Australia. Like he's, yeah. he's, he's got Chad covered in, in my books, you know, depending yeah, yeah. on Probably because I'm a moto and off road guy, um, but yeah, right. Toby, Toby is the pinnacle for me. And, and yeah, for a, oh, absolutely, people, I think. yeah. And he yep. was a hell of a, he was a hell, bloody good at moto when he was a kid too. So that's what yeah. I hear. Yeah, I heard he was really good at moto. I used, yeah, I used to race with Skyler before he kept going and getting really, really, really good. And, I mean, mm. I raced with uh, Brabeck too. Like it was all yep. like it's all Southern California kind of little desert scene. Uh, yeah. And those dudes just kept going and getting so fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome, man. Speaking of crashes, man, that's one thing I've got to ask you. Like when you 
when you're training or when you're testing i mean um there's got to be a funny thing like for instance when i when i go to race or, or even ride mm-hmm. i've always got this thing in the back of my head i've got to go to work on monday mm-hmm. and, and it really affects risks i'll take totally. for you guys for you guys you're literally out there and you need to you need to like push the limits of a product or a bike Right, but then you got to do that again the next day. So that's got to be a funny sort of balance there. How do you? How do you yeah. That? So don't crash. Like yeah. <laughs> that's all I can say. Like uh, there, there have been people like uh, dirt rider days and stuff that would be testers. There were dudes that were really, really good, yeah. but they were crashers. That they were crashers. So yeah. like if you go to a media day and crash that you wad up the media bike or whatever and it's like mm-hmm. oh that doesn't a it doesn't look good yeah. and b well maybe it ruins for the next publication that's going to ride that yeah, bike yeah, or yeah. so like i guess for me i i push myself to where i feel comfortable but not past it yeah, yeah. and chris is probably the same way but like mm. you have to be very cognizant of just don't crash like don't a lot of people and i've been guilty of it you you get like, oh, the camera came out. Now I have to do something yeah. really cool. Yeah. But it's like, I've learned that, yeah, that it doesn't work because you end up crashing. Like, I, yeah. I've I've crashed it a handful of times, like, for photos or for trying to think I'm cool when I started doing stuff and when I started testing. And, like, it doesn't mm. – just go and ride, do your thing, and, and, and have fun. Like, yeah, push the bike, push it to, to where you feel comfortable. Yeah. But there's no need – you're like – like, Roger DeCoster's not there. He's not going to sign you. Like, you're fine. Yeah. Just – just go out, so, do your thing. So a stopwatch yeah. is banned, and, and all that stopwatch is banned on a test day, are they? So you know, uh, he'll yeah. he'll bring them out, but he'll, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll that's, do that's, uh, like that's when you'll push. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like uh, a lot of times we do test days, like we'll do like a lap time war at the end of the day or whatever. It's oh, like, yeah. okay, cool, let's do two laps and come in and see how. Like we even did that a few weeks ago. Like I want to see how fast you can do a lap, and then do another lap, and like that stuff. To, I think we're all competitive. We all mm. want to see how good we are. But uh, yeah, definitely just try not to crash. I mean, one another funny one is like when I started doing photos. Photos are harder than people think to to do. Like, uh, I never got a cover shot. I wanted to get a cover shot really bad for a magazine. That would be like the ultimate. Yeah. Uh, but there, I remember one photo shoot. It was right when Yamaha released the 250X, the two-stroke off-road bike. Yeah. And it was like the big thing like japan has an off-road bike now like this is amazing and it it was gonna be the cover story but it was the same month that ryan sipes overalled six days so he ended up getting the cover and i didn't and i was like damn it i I mean i'm happy he got the cover but i was so Mm. bummed that i didn't but i remember we were shooting these photos and it was like this stupid sandy turn like a left turn and i'm not good for turning for photos like i i yeah. As Chris, as Chris would say, I can't because I'd be like, dude, I don't know. I just can't do it. And he's like, I don't want to hear you say I can't. Like, you can do it. And I'm like, no, I can't. So every time, like, within the last few months, whenever I see him, he's just he'll just look at me and he'll be like, I can't. I can't. I just can't. <laughs> so yeah, like I remember shooting that photo. I don't know. I probably crashed 10 times shooting this photo because it's like mm. you think that you're gonna go really fast and get a really bitchin' photo, but all the bitchin' photos in the magazine are either a really slow or b right before the dude crashes yeah i always like, thought about that yeah 100 yeah. percent. yeah a lot of those photos are right before you crash because it's like yeah. man you pulled out of that it's like no i really didn't pull out of that it's a cool picture yeah. though yeah but 
that's a lot of pictures in um in especially in 80s magazines the the corner pictures would the the favorite one that they used to see and it always looks just so bitching was they'd be sort of coming sort of you know just out of the apex of a corner with the front wheel in the air and on a lean angle and yep. it just looked like amazing, like they're wheeling around a corner and leaning. And I used to wonder, yeah. like, those goods all ended up in the ground, surely. But oh, yeah. Where they, yeah. where they got the pick was just perfect. And it just looked like, you know, uh, yeah, that was all. Oh, yeah, the, totally. Like, those are, those are either. The, that was the all, poster, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those were all either crashes or really, really close to crashes. Uh, but yeah, 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 those are those are the best pictures. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, you know, the, yeah, it just sort of makes it gives it that sort of impossible look you know oh yeah and then it chris like taught me yes i can't whip i don't know how to whip so he's like just do what you can do well and like we'll get a photo like and you don't go fast the faster you go it it doesn't work like that like yeah fast photos aren't good slow everything down and try to exaggerate whatever you're doing like for off-road photos uh i remember they taught me like you're gonna go down a hill we want to picture you going down a hill it's not even that steep of a hill, but just exaggerate how much you're putting your back over and your arms out, oh, yeah. like how yeah. much your butt's over the rear fender, like just exaggerate everything a whole bunch and the pictures look a lot better. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I always hate my picture. Like I, I love it because it's cool, but I, I hate yeah. it. Like, I don't share pictures of myself riding because I always look so terrible. Yeah, I, uh, I'm kind <laughs> of in the same boat with you. I was like, oh, <laughs> Fuck, look at this old cunt. Have a look at him, you know, like, like I look terrible, you know. But uh, but it's cool to have him for yourself. And that yeah. Sort of oh, no, and totally. If, yeah. And if I do get one where I somehow look sort of like I half know what I'm doing, I was like, oh, I'm right. sharing that shit. Cause oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Every now and again, yeah, yeah. you get one and you're like, oh, wow, that didn't look like me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the go. What's the most fun thing at a, at a, at a test day? The, the most fun thing? Where's the, what's the, you know? Uh, I think just the excitement of of something new or, or a new bike um, and really just hanging out, like hanging mm. out with with Chris and with whoever's there. And it's like it's a good group of people. Yeah. Just fun. It's just like literally hanging out with your friends, riding dirt bikes and talking shit like that's what yeah. everybody does. Like and it's, yeah. I think that's the most fun thing about it. Like you're you're literally depending on what you're doing or who you're with, like you're getting paid to ride dirt bikes. You, you, mm. It's hard to argue with that. Like, yeah. It's just, I remember when I first got that check and I recall my dad, I was like, I just got paid. He's like, for what? And I was like, for doing a test. And he's like, you made it. They paid, they paid you to ride a dirt bike. Like mm. you made it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of, yeah. I mean, that was like, I never would have imagined that. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, just hanging out with friends and being around good people. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine that. You know, like, yeah. It's pretty hard to have a bad day, isn't it? At a, uh, yeah. at a track, you know, yeah. like, oh, I love it, man. I'm in my fucking element. You know, I'll just go to a country country track and for a ride day and that sort of thing. I go around talking to people, anyone that'll talk, you know. Mm-hmm. You know oh, it yeah. And it, it doesn't matter who they are, you know, because usually usually the, the, the farm kid who doesn't even know how to put his goggles on properly <laughs> and, yep. and, he, and his mum and dad are the best people there. Oh, yeah. And, and, the, and the dude with the brand new... You know the brand new truck and the brand new blinged out KDM and brand new Alpine Stars kit. It won't mm-hmm. even talk to you, you know. But I'll go yeah, around talking to everyone, you know. And, yeah, um, exactly. Especially, uh, I'm a sucker for 
um, vintage bikes. I'll usually take oh yeah bikes with me. And what uh, do you have for a vintage bike? So my main my main squeeze for my vintage bike is a '96 KX125. Oh okay, my favorite bike I've ever had. And yeah, per, like is that one, perimeter frame? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's like, yeah, yeah. It's it's like one of my children. So it's um, yeah, it's my favorite. Oh, you're just going dark again, man. Yep, yep. You yep, there me. you are. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, cool, man. No, yeah, so so it wasn't not blue forks? No, nah, no. Nah. So it's that, that shroud behind me there, that purple okay. shroud, which you can just sort of see. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So um, it's the one that was really purple. So the, in the middle of the 90s, they brought out a model that had purple shrouds, purple seat, and, the, and okay. green, green frame, green guards, that sort of thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the factory, the factory got piss of purple off and put the green back on. Mitch's <laughs> bike went back to green, that sort of thing. But and I hated that purple look when it was when it was first come out. But yep. yeah, I, I bought that bike. I don't know, fifteen years ago, um, that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, there's a there's a story a story for another time. There's a long story, but that bike sort of rekindled that bike rekindled my love for dirt bikes. Oh really? When I, when I was in a bad place. And, oh okay. Um, it gave me the joy back that little one two five, dude. One twenty five is the best, and it I love it really. It was the only time in my life where I was close to like just fuck this. I can't do this anymore. Yep. And um and I bought this little one two five, and it just it gave me that that childhood joy back. So totally. that's why it's my favorite bike as well as I just love riding the one two five. So Every, dude, one twenty fives are the best. I love one twenty fives. Yeah, oh, they're my favorite. Yeah, that's my favorite thing to rip around a, a moto track, you know. So, mm -hmm. and then anyone else turns up with a vintage bike, they always see my bike. I'll see their bike, and you know, there's always yep. it's like I'm, I'll oh, just yeah. zone straight. I'm heading straight over there, dude. What are you going? <laughs> You're getting the best conversations, man. And and uh, it's funny though. Even little kids, little kids always come up because um, they're not used to seeing things like that you know little kids come right up and they'll be like oh what is that is that a 500 and they'll ask you all these right. questions what year is that and, and yeah, that yeah. Sort of thing. So I, I love riding that the only thing is that it's um i ride it a bit less nowadays because just get the some of the parts are getting hard to find you know oh especially, yeah I bet. especially particularly the power valve parts like if i launch the power valves on it and they're pretty fragile um I don't even know where I'd get some at the moment. You know, last time I got like the last parts in Australia, you know, and that sort of thing. Really? So that's, that's uh the Kips yeah. thing, yeah? Yeah, yeah, Fair, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sort of probably, you know, a few generations into the Kips, but yeah, those Kips things, they're little aluminium gears and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and that sort of thing. And they uh if you if you run run good oil and you and you're giving them a hard time and you clean things nice, they look after it pretty good, but you get if you get people that are um, they, they stuffed up more on the off-road bikes because of the low revving and mm -hmm. old school people would be putting 25 to 1 mixes in them and yep. then single trail them and that and they just gum up yep. and snap and so I was a kid I was a I was a uh when I first started not I first started when I was like in high school all my friends made fun of me they all rode moto and I was off-road guy and I had a KDX 200 and that was like my bike I had like a 94 yeah. KDX 200 with the upside yeah. down forks and I thought it was the baddest thing in the world I still love the bike like yeah it's it's just, like you said it brings back like a childhood memory of just mm. like being youthful and having just you're riding your bikes to have fun yeah and I've got I've got a few yeah projects um I kind of got like 80s bikes that are sort of long term when i'd get a ch damn chance to work on them projects and that yep. sort of thing and i've done two i think two vintage races i'd love to do heaps more 
But uh, yeah, yeah, that's always good fun, man. What about what's the most annoying thing, man, at a at a testing day? I'm tipping it's probably other riders stuffing up a test or something. But yeah, what, what's yeah, what I mean, um, I've had it happen a couple times. Or Chris has it happen a lot more than I do. I think is like he's just doing his thing and yeah. doing his test, and then you have people that want to measure their dick and like jump yeah, in behind oh, yeah. him and, and rever like or, or want to race him and be like oh i beat him and it's like no, i'm yeah. just testing like i'm just here yeah. testing like don't just yeah. let me do my thing you do your thing we're all good like yeah. you don't have to like we're not racing at all um mm. i think another one is um sometimes it tests uh more for like a, a couple off-road tests i've been is like you have the people that are the new influencer like that's the new thing is influencers and yeah, it's yeah. like yeah. Uh, so I went to a CRF forfeit the L when they just released that one in oh, 2018, yeah. uh, the yeah. dual, the dual sport one. Dual and sport, yeah. it was in Washington and there was, a um, an influencer and I don't know where, I really don't remember where he was from. It was like an Instagram influencer or something. And because he had a lot of followers, he got the invite and yeah. like nothing against him, like good for him. That's, that's awesome. Mm. But we were getting ready for this ride. I was sitting right next to Johnny Campbell and we were talking and all of a sudden I hear like, and dude just dumps the clutch and it literally brand new bike launched the dirt bike into a, a crowd of other dudes on dirt bikes and was like, I don't know what happened. Um, the bike just like took off. Like, I don't know what happened. And the Japanese are really, really like conservative. So they're like, what do you mean the bike just took off? Like, so they're freaking out and like, going to take the bike apart and like figure out what do you mean and then eventually finally admits and i just fucked up like i i just messed mm -hmm. up so like sometimes i guess it would say like not unexperienced people but like if you fuck up just own it like yeah yeah absolutely. don't yeah. yeah i think sometimes you would have like a, a test where people either want to measure their dick or yeah. be the fastest guy or or whatever but it's just like my thing or chris thing is just like go there do your thing and like we're not here to see who's the fastest. We're here to test a part or test a bike. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I think stuff like that. I suppose when you, when you were just, you know, going to a, you know, when I know sometimes you guys, you'll just test and, and it's just an open track day. Mm -hmm. People would see the key for testing and, and, and think yep. like, Oh, we're going to see if I can keep up with this guy. <laughs> and yep. that's sort or, of shit you'd get that. Yeah. Or you have people come over and be like, like I told you kind of before, like, I want to be a test writer. How do I get to be a test? Oh, writer? Yeah, it's like, yeah, well, yeah. And it's like, I get that because like, there's genuine interest in that for sure. Mm. And, mm. uh, but you have sometimes people who are like too pushy about it. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna, like, I, I don't know you, like you may be an awesome dude and that's cool. Like if you were like, Hey man, I'd really be interested in doing this. Maybe one time when I see you, I could, I could write something for you. Or like I said, offer to do something for free or whatever. Yeah. Don't just be like, I wish I could do that. How do I do that? It's like, well, mm. you can't just do that. Like you you have to be humble and make yourself available yeah. for no money. That's, that's yeah. the bottom line. I think that's the most, most things in life, but I think so. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, you hear people ring up and ask Steve that maybe every mm -hmm. second. Oh, yeah. How do I get yep. involved? Yeah. And I think not, not knocking, not knocking anybody, but no. if you, if you're, if you're naive enough to ask that question, you probably don't get it anyway. I think, yep. you know, like, yep. I agree. When I first wanted to do do some media stuff, I knew already because I'd followed things so closely that I had mm -hmm. to do a lot of things for people for free. Absolutely, yeah. And that's how you create your networks 
and do mm-hmm. things for next to nothing and or yep. pay, pay your own way to go to things to cover them totally all these things like that um i knew, already knew i had to do all that and that's how, that's how you meet people and meeting people's the key to oh, life, i mean that's 100 percent. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's it's networking it's meeting people i mean look at dark side he did stuff for free he did yeah. stuff for steve and like that and it it's worked out and now he has a career in moto like you have to be willing to sacrifice mm. not everything but sacrifice a bunch and work for nothing not next to nothing to get as a network and then eventually yeah. if you're doing a good enough job you get paid uh, right. eventually because okay. people yeah. want people want your content or or yeah. your your opinion or, or whatever it may be yeah yeah you know like i, I can remember the first time i got my flights paid for to go to something it was just oh like, that's good yeah fucking wow you know well, that was actually the first time you i know? ever i did i'm trying to think what it was i'd never been on an airplane until i was 27 yeah at 27 so i like i was doing dirt bike dirt rider stuff and then they were like hey we'd like to send you to it was actually when they released the yamaha 250 fx mm. and they're like Hey, it's an all new bike they're coming out with. We'd like to send you to race a GNCC. And I'm like, what? I go, Me? And it's like, yeah, we want to fly you to Indiana and race a GNCC. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it was like my first time ever yeah. being on an airplane and first time ever really going east of like Colorado and never, I've never done a GNCC before. And I got my, I mean, I won the, whatever the, uh, what class was it? I forget what class it was. It was like the uh, sportsman class. Yeah. And uh, I beat all the other publications. So I, that yeah, was yeah. good. But yeah. like I was getting passed by dudes with flannels on and safety glasses. And like I was like a fish out of water. But yeah. all those experiences, like they shape you to be who you are. And you learn so much by being willing to do anything for next to nothing. Yeah. I always love a flannel guy, man. If you oh, say- yeah. And they're always fucking quick. I think they're it's like if, if you're going to turn up and you're going to line up and race in a final, you're a confident man. You're fucking going to be quick. I actually, I got beat. I got beat at a an off road race. It was either the King of the Motos or something in Glen Helen, a really hard enduro, and like everybody has pet peeves before races like or what they do or whatever and my thing is i always i don't care who it is like i i will look at to the both people on the both side of me and i'll shake their hand and say good luck that's just whatever that's what oh. i've always done oh. so i shake this dude's hand and i look down and he's wearing gardening gloves and i'm like cocky in my head i was like well this will be easy like it was just he and i and they're starting together and i was like well this will be easy and i ripped off and i took off and like Three hills later, I'm struggling on the side of the hill, and this Jesus like rides right by me, and I never saw him again. Yeah, and I'm like that top. Never read a book. Never like judge a book by its cover because I just got worked by a guy with gardening gloves on. I learned. I learned with a similar thing. It's 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 probably damn near my favorite story of when I was younger and uh, and racing moto. So it was probably like one of the very first races that me and my mates went and did because like none of us had really raced moto, but then I because dad wasn't into it so when i was 18 i could drive myself and have a go at it you know right and you know we weren't wearing flash gear or whatever but we were wearing all the proper gear and all that sort of yep. stuff you know and um this dude rides rides into the facility on a uh i think it was a kdx right and he's got a flannel on and he's got fucking gum boots on, so, like, <laughs> rubber, fucking gum boots on right 
and we're young fuckheads, and we're just right. like, we, didn't, we didn't pick on him publicly, but we're just like, but right. so fucking look uh, at this totally, guy. yeah. And he got a bad start, and I, I think I was running second, and then my mates were like third, fourth, so we we're in a bit of a train, right. And this fucking guy passed me on an up ramp of probably the biggest tabletop <laughs> there and just fucking launched this thing. You know, and me and my mates, we, we were learning. We, we weren't even clearing this tabletop yet. And this guy right. fucking overjumped it and he's gone. <laughs> and I've never judged anybody by the gear, yep. but I still don't know how the fucking pegs weren't going straight through them. He must have had some <laughs> good quality gum boots, man. But yeah, you know, that kid probably—he probably lived from the farm next door. He probably rode yeah. the track every night after school. Every, like, you know, exactly. Like, yeah, you could you, ride, man. You cannot judge a book by it. That's a lesson. I think everyone needs to learn that lesson in life. But it, that's a lesson everybody needs to, because it's like, it's totally true. You don't know who that dude is. Like, yeah, you go to Glen Helen sometimes, and it's like, there are dudes like random dudes that will show up and they'll beat Chris like at a moto race. And I'm like, mm. who the fuck is that guy? I don't even know who that guy is. Like yeah. just some random dude on a dirt bike. It's like, I don't yeah. know. Just, and sometimes it's like old pro guy. Like, yeah. You, I, the one thing I like about Southern California is you'll randomly run into just moto dudes like at the track, like, like dude, like McGrath or, or whatever. And I'm always starstruck. Like I'm still starstruck when I see people like mm. Chris is good friends with Dubok. And I'm always like, Oh, that's Doug Dubok. Like, yeah. I, I ran into um, yesterday at the hardware store. I ran into chicken nice. like, yeah. like right next to my work. I went in there to get yeah. something for work. And I was like, that's chicken. Like, yeah. It's just Southern California is cool that way. Yeah, man. Yeah. No, it, uh, it, uh, it certainly is, man. Yeah. Look, I, I checked out, you know, tracks and, you know, I didn't meet anyone like super famous or whatever, but I, I went around and, um, you know, checked out tracks and did a lot of cool stuff when I was there. And yeah, it's a, um, it certainly is a cool place, man. Very, very cool. Well, if you ever yeah. come back, let me know. And I always got a bike, so if you come back, let me know, and we go ride. Yeah, I will do, man. You know, like when I was when I was going over, I was trying to figure out because initially I was going to camp. Because mm-hmm. where I down here, man, like you can go anywhere if you want to go there cheap. You can just fucking camp. You can just mm-hmm. whatever. But I was like, you know, got to figure out, you know, and I had some. American friends say to me, you know, like it's not always safe. It's not necessarily yeah, safe, it's true. safe to do that in California. You know, you yeah, get no. stabbed by a tweaker. Yep. Yep. But um, but none of my mates are from SoCal. They're all over the oh. United States, you know. And we all sort of met at to go to Anaheim. And I was like, I don't know anyone to ask. So I just thought I think I was listening to Chris's episode and I was like, Chris is a good guy. He's helped me out with testing questions. I'll just fucking yep. ask him for advice. Yeah. And so I, I asked him for advice, you know, about where to camp and that sort of thing. He emailed me back and he was fucking so good and so fucking helpful and all that sort of yep. thing. And he, and he even said, oh, you know, about going for a ride and all this. So I was like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. this guy's fucking yeah. awesome. I, yeah, I didn't, yeah. have a, didn't have a bike and didn't, I didn't sort of, I was, I was scared to, to ride because of yeah. hurting myself over there and all that sort of thing on this oh, trip. But yep. Next time I go over yeah, there, I do know. want to get some rides in. Yeah, so. Yeah, absolutely. But um, only thing is, I'm pretty fucking slow, so I always feel bad for holding people <laughs> up. No, this is how much I love it. This I would say this proves how much I love it because I'm, um, I'm well. I usually, usually would say 47. I just turned 48, so 
I'm 48 and I'm still a fucking C grader. So that's that shows, and I'm a genuine C grader, man. Like I'm not sandbagging. So you know, you're, like, you're right. You're riding a dirt bike. That's what matters. <laughs> yeah, and and you're enjoying. You're enjoying I, it. Like I, I yeah. love it, man. Even though even though I'm no good at it, I just um, absolutely love it. Yeah, a lot of experience, but just no speed. So one thing about <laughs> one thing about like I've 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 trail ridden with some really fast guys. Mm-hmm. And one thing about me is, yeah, I'll sort of get up everything, get down everything. I don't crash much. Like I'm, you know, I'm pretty right. solid, pretty solid, right. um, but just slow. So yeah, <laughs> all but, that matters is you're riding. Oh yeah. And I'll, I'll fucking have the biggest smile. That's for sure. When whatever, exactly. whoever I'm riding with, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Hey, I might just ask you a couple of random questions. I yeah. usually, you know, I've, I've kept you a bit longer than I said. So oh, you're fine. Yeah. All good. Yeah. So just some just some random fun questions that I like to ask, man. Um, yep. So if you're um, choose like three people, three people to go on a road trip with. So it doesn't even have to be a moto mm. road trip, but just a fun road trip across America or, or anywhere. Um, who's the, who are you taking, and mm. like what and what are you doing? What's that? What's that sort of mm. road trip? I think I'd probably take Chris because he's like <laughs> he's just funny and yeah, yeah, yeah. That dude has stories forever. Mm. Uh, I don't know, maybe even like it, maybe even just Chris and Aiden. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah they're, sure. they're super fun to just go anywhere with, and like they bicker like a married couple, yeah. Uh, and I mean, probably Chris and Aiden, like they're they're super fun, super outgoing, and kind of down for whatever. Like, that's one thing I was gonna say. Aiden's gotten so fast, everybody needs to watch out for Aiden Kiefer in the future because. Mm that kid is so fast now and impressive like we used to test back in the day he wasn't even into dirt bikes like when i first started mm. riding with chris it'd be yeah. like hey uh he's gonna come to the track and ride it right around a yz60 cool whatever mm. and then like he started getting into it and then his technique was really good and then he started getting faster and then it would be a competition between he and i and who would be faster and then i couldn't keep up with him anymore and now he could be chris and it's like he's that kid is going places. I really, I really, truly, mm. he's living, living with Brownie now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've seen that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's not scared to put in the hard work. Uh, very passionate, hardworking. Um, I think side note story was, uh, one of the things I think I saw when I, when I was like, actually kind of put me in tears when I watched it happen. Cause I saw his passion as we were at Glen Helen and he started a moto and he was in like third came around the first lap went to kind of dive inside and caught this guy's wheel and like got his hand and everything caught in the dude's rear wheel. And luckily the dude didn't pin it, but like got up, his grip was gone. His front lever was like facing up. His glove was ripped off and his hand was bleeding. And like, Chris has always taught him like, you don't quit. Like mm. you ride. And he got up and ended up riding back to catch the leader and win. And I was just like, that kid has heart. Like mm. that kid wants to win. And when he gets mad, he rides real fast. Oh, so he's like, one of those, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he gets it's when he gets off it, the yeah. track. If he doesn't, if he doesn't win when he gets off, like he's not like I'm better than them. I should have won. He's fucking mad at himself because mm-hmm. I didn't win. Because I should have ridden fucking faster. And you give him yeah. like ten minutes, and he's back to normal. But yeah, he gets heated, which is I. I almost think like I wish I had that. I don't have that. Mm. Uh, I think it almost. I mean, I get mad when I ride, but I don't ride better. I usually start fucking up more. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll just fuck up completely when I get mad. I don't. When I was young, I used to. Oh, yeah, 
when I was young, I'd say I had an anger problem, you know, as a, yep. as, a, as a young person. I mean, I definitely did. And if I got the shits up, right, and oh, it was fucking all over. It'd be just crash yep. up and crash up. Crash. <laughs> yep. I, I've, I've laid me boots into me bike, kicking me bike and just all sorts of <laughs> What a fucking terrible kid, you know. Um, yep. but I don't really do that anymore because I just, you know, you get old and you're mellow and you just, you learn. Not yeah, to, definitely. You learn not to be a dickhead, you know. It definitely. Um, so I don't, I don't get angry anymore. But, um, but yeah, when I used to, oh, yeah, that was, there was all over but. I know it's funny talking, you know, I talk to a lot of parents, you know, I've helped out with junior racing a fair bit and you talk to mm -hmm. parents and yeah, some kids, some kids that they need the anger. Like some parents will piss the kid off beforehand. <laughs> yeah. Like, apparently know. like Cooper, Webb, Cooper Webb needs that apparently. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. They need that to, to get that spark. And some kids need to be really chilled and, you know, mm -hmm. I know some kids that would have a nap before the race. Yep. And yep. then just go out there and be really good. So it's yeah, yeah everybody's yeah. different, man. It's totally it's cool, it? and on this road trip, man. Where are you going? Where's the where's mm. the uh, where? just across the country? Just across the, the country trip. and stopping random places. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that's why I choose Chris. Chris will just talk to random people. We'll go somewhere and he'll just be like, Hey, how's it going? And he'll just have a random conversation with a yeah. random person about random stuff. And then yeah. and it's always laughs. Like it's always laughs with Chris, no matter yeah, what yeah. it is, it's talking shit. It's whatever. He'll just talk to anybody about anything. And he genuinely cares about people and, and what they're doing. And mm. uh, yeah, I don't know. It's always a good time with Chris. So I'd say just across the country, stopping yeah. random places. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can imagine that being a good time. Yeah. It's a bit like my, my best mate. He's, he's like that the road trips I've been on with him. It's just, I can just remember. Um, it's probably why I asked this question is the road trips mm -hmm. I've been on with him. I can remember just my face aching, just yes. aching yep. from laughing too much. <laughs> like laughing so hard. Cramp, cramping your jaw from laughing yep. and you can't catch your breath and your chest hurts and all that. Just yep. from the funny, you just make every situation just fun, you know? Absolutely. But, uh, that is cool, man. Cool. And like this might even tie into the road trip. So yeah. um, what are you listening to? What's your music, you know? God, that's funny. Chris and I go back and forth on music a lot. Like, yeah. uh, what if it's your it's your turn? It's your turn on. Spotify. Oh God, it's it's what gonna be like uh, probably like emo or something. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, probably like or something um, softer or depressing. I don't know why. Chris and I always joke about that. Like, I'll listen to softer, depressing music that makes you sad. I don't know why. He does the yeah. same thing, and we'll like every every now and again, like. I'll be on my way to work early. He always makes up early too. I'll send him at like six six a.m. I'll send him like a sad song. I'm like, here you go, have fun, have fun with this. And yeah. we always fuck with each other. Like, uh, I had Heather send me a whole bunch of pictures of Aiden from when he was little to when he was growing up, and I made a whole video montage out of it with sad music. And he's like, oh, "You motherfucker!" Yeah. Now I'm sitting here with with Heather crying. I hope you're happy. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably something like that. Yeah, yeah. Cool, man. And what's like if you had to pick one album? So you know the old question: you got one Ooh. album to listen to the rest of your life. What's mm. what's that? Oh man, actually, probably Pink Floyd. Uh, why am I drawing a blank on the album? That's um, all good. Is uh, but 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 with Wish what? You Were Here on it. Uh, I can't remember whatever which year. whatever that album is. I uh, yeah. so for for my work sometimes i do i go off-road places for my normal nine to five job like we'll mm -hmm. go to the climate sand dunes um yeah. for a few days and do some testing or whatever 
and yeah. I find myself driving around the sand dunes listening to Pink Floyd, that album. Like, yeah, just right, having right, it yeah. on in the background, and I'm just like yeah. wandering the dunes listening to Pink Floyd. So probably yeah. Pink Floyd. Cool, man. Cool, cool. I like it. Yeah. That's the way. That's yeah. I suppose yeah. It's not not emo, but I can sort. Of, I can see a bit of a tie in there. Yeah, it's yeah. Pretty, yeah. But it's Floyd was pretty deep, you know. Sort of yeah, definitely rock, rock, but very deep, very you know, sort of meaningful, deep sort of stuff. Yeah. So oh, I, definitely. I totally get that, man. Yeah. And then another one of my fun questions is, who's your celebrity hall pass, man? So, oof. Uh, Mrs. Allen oh, gives you a shot. Man. Oh, man. Ah. Uh... Celebrity Hall that I don't know. Oh my god. Um you know who's really fucking hot is uh she's not really a celebrity. Jake Weimer's wife is hot. <laughs> right, I that's, I'll, I'll, that's I'll, one of Kiefer's favorites, isn't it? Is, that, is it? Is that, I, I didn't know that. I think I think if that's the case, yeah, then so be it. But yeah, she's yeah, hot. Yeah, yeah I'll I take think... that. That'll be celebrity. But Baggett's wife is really hot too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't actually picture Jake's wife, but uh, I know I've heard a lot about what she looks like. So yeah. <laughs> I, I always say, I always say, yeah, uh, um, it's part joke, but part fucking true. To be honest, it is. I, I always, um, I always more. I reckon I'd be more interested in what their moms look like than their than their. Yeah, uh, yeah. Wife. The older I get, the more it's true. Like you go to the track <laughs> oh, yeah. and you're like, yeah, oh man, my god, I'm look at that. that. I'm more keen on checking out the mums than the wives. The so wives, are, the wives are too close to my daughter's age, and and whereas, yeah, right. the, whereas the mums are more my wife's age, you know. So, so what's like, funny is uh, I went to I forget it was Glen Helen and with Kiefer, with Kiefer and Aiden, and uh, Aiden has this friend at the track, and I'm like, okay, his friend's here, whatever. And then his his friend's friend shows up, and I'm like, I know that kid. I don't know how I know that kid. And then I look over, and I'm like. I fucked his mom. That's oh. how I know this kid. And like, she comes out and I'm like, Hey, Melissa. And she's like, Oh my God, it's been so long. I'm like, yeah, it's been a really long time. <laughs> but definitely. You weren't, like, you, you, weren't the on, you weren't doing the maths on how old he was. Were you like, yeah. no, I wasn't. <laughs> no, stress about, no stress like that. Oh shit. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You weren't asking, oh, how's dad? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I knew he was born yeah. at that time. So it's all right. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> That's all right, yeah, no, nah, yeah, because otherwise that would have been real awkward. Yeah, <laughs> real, yeah real awkward. Oh, shit. All right, man. Hey, there's a couple of things I do just to finish off the show. Um, yep. One is, man, give me your best Aussie accent. <sighs> Say whatever you like, man. Fuck. Uh, I don't know. Good eye, mate. <laughs> that, I, that's all. That, I... that, that wasn't too bad, man. That was, yeah. Give, yeah. Give, just run that back. Give me another good eye, mate. Right now, good day, mate. We're gonna go to, to Sydney and see uh, the Aussie Open. Hey, uh, yeah, you're not too uh, bad. All right, too I'll bad. take I find, it. I find a lot of a lot of Americans get a bit of a British twang. Yeah, yeah, you, you yeah, yeah. A little bit of the British twang, but yep, some of them definitely. just British totally. You know. So, oh, totally. You know, yeah. You're um, yeah. You, you're not you're not the best, but you are um, you're 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 up there. That wasn't too bad right. at all. Yeah. All right. so, Thanks. Not, I'll not, take that. Not too bad. <laughs> Callum Brow has got the got the best one for sure. Like he was fucking legit as fuck. It blew me away. I really? Believe, I couldn't fucking believe it. it was like that's oh, funny. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, he, he could be a voice actor, you know. <laughs> um, cool, man. Last thing I do, man. Um, I, I'll give you this the backstory. We're we're run, yeah. run, run a long show anyway. Very first show I did, I didn't think anything about doing an outro. I put all this time into an intro and didn't do an mm -hmm. outro. 
So yep. I just, I, I'm, a, I'm a dude that's always singing. Mm-hmm. So I just sang a bit of Kenny Rogers for the outro. And then it just sort of stuck and it seemed like a fun thing to do. So I'll sing a bit of Kenny Rogers, man. Uh, most people are terrified of singing, but if you're not, and you know the chorus to the gambler, fucking jump on in and give it a shot, man. If I know it, I'll, I will. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> so I handed him my bottle, and he drank down my last swallow. Then he bombed a cigarette and asked me for a light, and the night got deathly quiet. And his face lost all expression. Said, if you're going to play the game, boy, you got to learn to play it right. You got to know when to when hold them. No way to fold them. No, 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 no way to walk away. No way to run. Yeah, I didn't know the last part. <laughs> you never count your money. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough for counting. When the deal ends done. <laughs> See, I didn't know. Man, See, I knew you the know. middle. I knew the middle. <laughs> uh, that was good, man. That's more than most people do. I like it. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for someone to just fucking say, oh, no, the whole song and just take over and nail it. And then, yeah. I'll, then I'll probably change the song, I reckon. I'll yeah, then you like, got to change it, yeah. Like, yes, what's it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, Michael, for your time. Uh, it's Ain't been no great. Very interesting. You've answered all the things I wanted to know. And, um, yeah, enjoy the rest of your day. And thank you very much for your time. Hey, thank you very much, and uh, I appreciate it. And uh, next time you're here, uh, give me a call, and we'll uh, get a beer or whatever. Absolutely will do, man. Thank you very much. All right. All right. Thanks. Bye. Cheers, man. Bye.